Coming up on episode 19, a discovery of the week for laptop users who want more time away from the wall. Plus, a brand new song from The Source by Expander. And, for the first time, my wife joins me on the microphone to introduce a brand new segment and tell us her Linux origin story. Linux for Everyone starts right now. Olá, daqui fala o Pedro e nós estamos a ouvir o Linux for Everyone em Portugal. Welcome one and all to Linux for Everyone, the show about desktop Linux, open source software, and the community creating and enjoying it. I am back home from my trip to the States to uh, System76 headquarters in Denver, Colorado, and I really hope that you guys got a chance to check out episode 18, which was uh, kind of my impressions of that event, and then a really nice, long, informative interview with System76 CEO Carl Rochelle, and also a shorter interview with creative director Kate Hazen. I loved putting that episode together. I love the event. I love that, just that company culture that they have that's, that's so welcoming. Anyway, um, I did come home with a new System76 Thaleo and the brand new Dell XPS 13 Developer Edition. So episode 20 next week, going to have some serious hardware impressions for you guys. But this week, I've got a very special conversation with a very special lady. Before we get to that, let's do the discovery of the week. So as you guys know, I have been dabbling quite a bit with Peppermint 10 on a range of laptops. And one of the advantages to using something like Peppermint is uh, not only that it, it kind of breathes life into really old hardware, but it also extends battery life of much newer hardware. Now, there are dozens of ways to increase battery life on your laptops. You can install TLP. You can decrease the brightness. You can have uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth disabled when they're not in use. Same thing goes for USB devices. But as you've probably noticed... I'm someone who really prefers an elegant tool that gives you all the options in one place. Don't have to go to the command line. You don't have to do all of these separate tweaks. It all puts it into one package, and that is Slimbook Battery 3. Slimbook itself is actually uh, fairly new to my radar. They are based in Spain. They got their start around 2015, and they produce Linux laptops. And even though they're based in Europe, they do ship all over the world. And I'm hoping to get my hands on their new Pro laptop, which not only looks really good, but it also has some unique features that I don't see very often, like a facial login. Anyway, They ship a battery optimizer on their laptops, but they have also made it available via a repository to any Ubuntu user or or anyone who's using a derivative of Ubuntu. So that would be, you know, your elementaries, your Peppermint OS, for example. And Slimbook Battery 3 is is basically a nice little applet that just kind of lives in your panel, and it's compatible with other apps and services. So 
uh, Intel PowerState or TLP, your AMD and NVIDIA dedicated graphics cards, it provides what you would expect. You know, if you don't want to go any deeper than just applying uh, performance mode or energy efficient mode or just kind of your normal battery operating parameters, uh, it'll do that. But it also has some really fine-grained controls. So you can go into the advanced mode, uh, into the Slimbook battery preferences, and you can select all these different variables for the energy saving, the balanced, and the um, maximum performance profiles. You can switch on and off a graphics card saving profile, a sound saving profile, disable Wi-Fi and Bluetooth when they're not in use, set a specific uh, screen brightness, auto-suspend your USB ports, all kinds of really useful stuff. And I've spent about a week with it on the older Dell XPS 13 and Peppermint 10. And I swear I've I've squeezed at least another two or three hours of battery life out of that thing, which, you know, already had phenomenal battery life. So if you're interested, give it a shot. It's called Slimbook Battery 3. And I'll have a link to that, as well as some super simple installation instructions over at Linux, the number four, everyone.com. Before we move on to the main event, just a real quick housekeeping note. Linux for Everyone also has a YouTube channel, and it's not just the podcast anymore. I've got two videos up already that um, kind of walk you through how to create a really simple bash script for reinstalling your favorite software when you move to a new computer or to a new distro. And the second video in that series steps you through how to easily back up and restore all of your important data and documents. So I'd love to have you guys subscribe. There's much more to come. I'll have a link to that as well on the show notes. So my extra special guest for episode 19 is someone I have talked about a few times. Her name is Lana Evangelo, and she is my amazing wife. Aww, that's adorable. <laughs> so there's going to be a segment, yeah, I think it's monthly, monthly segment, yeah. called Lana Tries Linux. But what a lot of people don't know is that you already have a Linux origin story. Because you did this way before I did. I was introduced to Linux for the first time. That was when I started college. So I was 18. And for the first time in my life, I was on my own in a new city with new people, new surroundings and all of that. What I really wanted to do is build my own PC. Mm. And that's how it started. So I started saving up money and buying components. I had to have... LED lighting, I had to have water cooling, kind of nerdy, yes, I that know. That was like bleeding edge back then, water, yeah. liquid cooling back oh, 12 yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah, I had, le- it was like Christmas in my PC by the time I was done with it. You don't understand, I took a case, which was like a regular case, and then I cut the side, I made a hole on the side of it, just so I can put like a glass panel, so you could see the water cooling and all the LED lights. I spent a lot of time and money into building my own 
PC. And when it was finally done, it was, okay, so now the hardware part is done. So what am I going to do with software? And around that time, I met this guy, a friend from college who was using Linux. And he showed me his desktop. And to me, that was mind-blowing back then. That was like 2007, I think. He had this desktop that was like 3D. It was a dice. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was the, the wobbly windows in the cube that uh, I've seen video of that. Yeah. Yes, it was a cube. And I saw that and I was like, oh my God, that is so amazing. I have to have that. And I started using that and it was amazing. I loved the way it looked. I use the terminal for everything to open an app, to install something. I use it for everything. So that was my first encounter with Linux. And of course, it went deeper because even back then in a small country that Croatia is, you still had that Linux community. So we used to gather on weekends and we were just, oh my God, look what I discovered and look how amazing this is. And then for once, there was some kind of Linux conference in Zagreb. And that was just, we have to go there. It was so geeky. It was so, it was in, in some basement somewhere so lame when you think about it. But again, so cool. Do you remember the uh, Linux distribution that you installed? Puppy? Uh, no, my desktop wasn't Puppy Linux, but I did, ins- I did use Puppy Linux as well, just because that was so cool you can put it on your usb stick and just use it on whatever laptop or pc that you're using at the time so i use puppy linux as well but um i used ubuntu aha uh-huh. and i think it was gutsy something way back when what were the uh the big differences between using linux and using windows uh, back then, I just loved the way it looks. I loved that you could do so many cool things with it, that it looked different. And I also loved using Terminal. It just made me feel so powerful, so in control. I just loved using Terminal for everything. So did you do any gaming or was it just kind of an everyday PC for you? It was an everyday PC for me. I was in college. I studied law. So no, there was not much time for gaming. It was more of, yeah, exploring stuff, listening to music, watching movies, stuff like that. I did spend a lot of time just playing with it, which is something that I enjoyed. What was the community like that you were involved in? It was very, very helpful. It was very welcoming. I learned a lot from the people, from friends, from friend of a friend, from friend of a friend of a friend who were always there when I needed help with something. I once had a guy, a random guy, coming to my place, and I cannot remember. Something was not working. I think I messed something up. I I wrote something wrong in a terminal, and I was very new to this at the time. I didn't want to make it any worse, and I didn't know what to do, so I just called my friend. I was like, oh my God, something is happening. Like, I have no idea what's happening. Can you help? And he sent this friend. He told me, just call him and ask him. He's my friend. He's a very good friend of mine. He'll help you. And so I tried talking to him and what was wrong and so on. And he was like, look, this is very difficult. Just give me your address and I'll come. And... I just gave him my address and he came there in the middle of the night to sort out my issue. So the community 
back then was something that you keep telling me now. It's very friendly. It's very helpful. And it was back then as well. And you have to understand this was a very, very tiny community. We were talking about Croatia. A lot of people don't even know where Croatia is. All of the people who were there and all the people that I met, and I met a lot of people through Linux because I would meet them at some kind of Linux meetups or something like that. All of them were so friendly and we would meet up for the weekends, just spend some time at someone's apartment and test out new distributions or that person would show us, oh, look, this is what I discovered this week. And then someone else would be like, oh yeah, but look how cool this is. So it was a very tight, very cool community that was very helpful and you could learn so much and share your knowledge. I'm really interested in what made you turn away from Linux. The answer to that is very simple, World of Warcraft. At the time when I started playing World of Warcraft, I think it was 2009 or 10, and you could not run it on Linux. It just wouldn't work. So that's why I said bye-bye to Linux and I installed Windows again so I can start gaming. A lot has changed clearly in a decade, but at the time you just couldn't do that. So I, I'm the person who likes when something is convenient, when stuff just runs, when it works. And at the time I just, I couldn't make World of Warcraft work on Ubuntu, which was what I was using. But you're, you're telling me that 12 years ago, aside from gaming, I guess, that everything just worked for you. Like you weren't, you weren't frustrated with the experience of, of Linux way back when? Oh, no, not at all. I huh. enjoyed it so much. There were days, again, I studied law, so there were days when I would get up at six in the morning and go to school, and I was there till I don't even know what time, then go to the library, learn, and sometime around 11 or midnight, I would come home, and that was actually my relaxing time. I would sit down in front of my PC, I would open my PC and just mess with it, customize it, learn more, play with it. I enjoyed it a lot. And wow. no, I did not have any problems huh. with it. You didn't have to like compile drivers or everything just kind of worked for you out of the box? Yeah, it did. Wow. I mean, there was a lot of customization going into it. But I do not remember anything that was just like that I was hit banging my head against the wall because it would not work. Did you miss it when you when you had to switch back to Windows to play WoW? Did you miss the Linux experience at all? Yeah, I did. I did a lot because Windows just looked so bland and so boring. Did you ever um hear about the the whole dual booting? Yeah, thing? I did you ever try that? Yeah, I did. And I had that for a while. But again, that's not very practical. You know, I just want to turn on my PC and I want to have everything there. I don't have to go restart or reboot or whatever. I just want to have everything to work. Especially because even when I look at my time when I was very much into World of Warcraft. Yeah, I would play World of Warcraft, but at the same time, I'm going to check my email and I'm going to play something on YouTube. I'm going to go and read something. I'm going to write an email, doesn't matter what. But so I just ended up doing everything on Windows. What do you think about Windows now? I, I think I would say I'm indifferent to it just because I do not have a choice. I don't have a choice when it comes to my work laptop, which is something that I use for at least eight hours per day. And that's, that's minimum. 
So I don't have a choice when it comes to that. And yes, there are a lot of issues with it. But then when you look at it, I'm at work. And then out of nowhere, my Windows decides, oh, here's an update for you. Here you go. Here's an update. And this will take 45 minutes. And then I'm going to restart for another 10 times just because. So if that happened to me at home, I would flip. I would not be happy. But when that happens at work, you're just like, oh, here's an extra coffee break. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's always good to look on the bright side, I guess. The one thing that I have to say that I hate, absolutely hate about Windows is I have my email, I have my Outlook email, and the way that I go through my everyday job is I get, I don't know, 100, 200 emails. You have to understand there's no spam email in there. Every single email requires me to respond, requires some kind of action from me. So sometimes I will just come to work and I'll have 50 emails and the ones who are highly important, I'm instantly going to respond to and the ones I just leave open so I know that I can come back to them and resolve them at some point. What happened multiple times is that Windows would, for some reason, decide, well, look, I'm just going to restart now. And when it does that, all of that is gone. Of course, it closes all of the apps without my permission and it restarts everything. And then I can only just open Outlook again. And I don't have those emails. And you have to understand at that point, I probably have like 20 emails open that require my action, require my response, and they're gone. So then I have to spend an hour literally going through each and every single email to see which one do I still need to respond to. I think what everyone really wants to know is what made you want to come back and try, not switch necessarily, but try Linux again? The answer to that might be slightly cheesy. The biggest thing is clearly you, because Linux is something that you've been into for more than a year now. It's something that is a part of, it's not just your work, it's part of your day, it's a part of you, it's something that you love, it's something that you are excited about, it's something that I listen about. It's it's more than just a job for you, it's something that you really love. And so as a person who lives with you, who loves you, who supports you, who just wants to know more about what you're interested in, of course... I want to know more about it as well. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the reasons why I decided to test it out because I cannot start using Linux as my main desktop environment because because of job, I still have to use Windows. But at home, I don't have to. At home, of course, I have a choice. So the other reason is because I think Linux is a lot more playful. Oh, That's the first time I've ever heard it described that way. Playful. I like it. Yeah, I think it's a lot more playful than Windows is. Sure, on Windows, I can change my, I don't know, background. Ooh, (laughs) would you look at that? Well, you know better than anyone else that there are so many different distributions, and you showed me some that look amazing. So I think it's a lot more personal. It gives you a lot more freedom to customize it and just to make it your own, the way you want it to be. Based on what I know about you and and what you've said you really enjoyed about Linux, um, you know, 10, 12 years ago, 
I would expect that you want kind of your perfect Linux distribution to be really beautiful out of the box, really easy to customize. Uh, you're able to game on it. You're able to play World of Warcraft on it. Anything else that you're kind of expecting, because there's been such a long gap and and Linux has come so far where, you know, 12 years ago, like your experience doing everything in the terminal, that would be a deal breaker for me. Because I'm sitting here, I'm always preaching about how people don't need to use a terminal and anyone can just come along and use your, you know, regular graphics tools to do everything that you want to install software and to troubleshoot. And see, here's one of the things. When you say that what I used back in the day, 12 years ago, the terminal and all of that, and you say that a lot of people are turned away by that, but that is something that made Linux appealing to me. I really, really enjoy that. And when you started your journey with Linux, and when it was just click this, click that, well, my initial thought was, yeah, but that's not what I'm used to when it comes to Linux. I enjoyed the terminal. Well, that's still there. Good. Back to the question, what do I expect today after 12 years away from Linux? Again, I'm a practical person. I want things to work. I do not want to have a single update without someone asking me for a permission to restart my laptop or my PC. You'll get that. Okay, good. That That's a huge plus. I don't have a lot of time to mess around. When I sit in front of my laptop, my PC, I mean business. It doesn't matter what it is, whether I'm looking for a recipe to do something, tickets to for a concert, I'm trying to figure out what are we going to do on our next trip, do Excel, whatever. I just expect stuff to work. I've seen so many times while using Windows that something just freezes. For example, the one thing I know that will happen every single day when I come to work, I open my laptop, I log into my account, and then I will open my email, see the first email that I need to respond to. I will click on the email, click reply. I will type the email, and then I will click send. The second that I press send is when my laptop will freeze. And this isn't something that, ooh, it happens. No, no, no. This is something that happens every single day. Or do you know another thing? So if I'm in one Excel and I didn't actually click on a cell, if I open, if I go into another Excel, everything will freeze again. So I have to make sure that before I switch from one Excel to another, that I click on a cell. Otherwise, everything freezes. My God. Yeah. Well, so, and- okay, but what about, what about the fact that you can't actually use Microsoft Excel on Linux? Will you be open to trying an open source Office suite that supports Excel documents? Now that you mentioned this, so when I started using Linux 12 years ago, one of the problems that I had was, of course, you didn't have Word there, you didn't have Excel there. When I would save a document... In that, I do not remember how it was called. And then I would send it to someone. They wouldn't be able to open it. Right, because it was in like an open document format or something. It wasn't in like a XLS or .doc or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was another issue. So you can do that now. 
But at the time, I couldn't do that. And that was another reason why when I started playing World of Warcraft and I was in college, it was just easier. When yeah, I needed to send a document to my professor, to my colleague, it was just easier. But now um, I'm willing to try anything as long as it works, as long as I can, I don't know, as long as it's easy, as long as I mm-hmm. can open it and use it everywhere. Okay, so let's run down how we want to do this. Every month, you're going to try a new Linux distribution. Do you want me to pick that? Do you want the audience to pick that? Do you want to pick it based on kind of what you liked and didn't like? All right, so the way to do it at first is Ubuntu because it just came out of the box with your new Dell. We talked about this, how are we supposed to do this? And if you were to choose a perfect Linux desktop environment for me, you would probably be able to do it because you know me so well. But I think that kind of kills all the fun. So will you use it for the entire month or uh, will you just stop if something becomes a complete deal breaker? Because remember when when I first started this whole journey, the first distribution I tried was Linux Mint because that is kind of the one that came up and and it was popular, and it looked a lot like Windows, and it had a really big community, but it didn't see my um, my NVMe drive. And that was it for me. I was like, nope, that's it. I want something to work out of the box, no questions asked, no hurdles. And so I moved on to Ubuntu, and that's why I stuck with Ubuntu for so long. Is there... Is that kind of what you're looking for? Or are you going to take those challenges and just and just rock it? Oh, Yeah. I'm going to rock them. I'm not going to give up because something is not working. I'm very stubborn. Um, That's true. Yeah, you should know. So, no, I will use whatever distro we, you, or your audience chooses. I'm going to use that for a month, whether it's just social media, running Netflix, or going through some photos, gaming, stuff like that. So I will be doing that for a month. And if something does not work... I'm going to try to fix it or figure out what's wrong with it or work my way around it. Without my help. I've kind of been getting the impression you don't need my help, though. Honestly. (laughs) Honestly. I will try to do it definitely without your help because, you know, I can always run to you and be, Jason, this is not working, or Jason, fix this, or sort this out for me. But then that kind of kills all the fun. You have to get your hands dirty in order to make something work. And you know what? You kind of feel a lot better when you do. I think that gives it that very honest experience because not everyone has this Linux tech guy in the house. So it wouldn't be fair for me to go to you and run to you for everything. Yeah, sure, I might Google something, but that's something that everyone can do. I might be cursing at my laptop for a while, but (laughs) I'll figure it out. Okay, so I guess the last question is, when does... Lana tries Linux, stop. I don't know, because this isn't me trying to find my forever happy place. This is more about having fun and trying out new stuff, which I really like. So as long as something new and something fun comes down my road, I'm all for it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have a born distro hopper right here. Oh, that's what a distro hopper (laughs) is. Yeah, there's always something new. There's always some new distribution, some new tweak to a desktop environment, 
some new, uh, you know, customization that you can do, some new update. There's always something to discover. See, the way I look at it, the more I listen to you talk about Linux and all of these, um, all of these different distributions, it kind of reminds me of travel. I love traveling, and you, you know how it goes when the two of us sit down and, okay, where are we going for our vacation? So we will start with one country, and two hours later, you'll be on your fourth gin and tonic, and I will be talking about this country in the middle of Pacific that you never even heard of. So that's how my mind works. I just love to explore. I love experiencing new things, discovering them get to know the customs of the country, the people, all of it. I love it. So the more I listen to you and the more I see from your Linux community, that kind of reminds me of that, that there's so many different distributions of Linux that let you explore, let you customize, let you experience something different, something new, something awesome, something better, something worse, but it's all part of the experience. It's all part of the excitement. It's all part of trying out something new. And that's what I'm excited about. Well, we will talk again in about four weeks and hear all about what you thought of Ubuntu 18.04. Yeah, and according to your Twitter followers, at the time, I will probably be sitting somewhere in a corner of a room with my greasy hair, just like probably rocking with my bottle of Jack, being all miserable, like, help me, nothing is working. I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> nothing will work, please. I was thinking maybe you guys could give me some kind of challenge. What would you like me to do? I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> don't <laughs> be careful because... Uh, Next thing you know, people will be saying, I want her to install Arch. Well, Lana will be back here in four weeks. But if you have anything to say to her, any suggestions, any tips, any stories to share, uh, you know how to reach me. Linux for everyone at pm.me. Be you, do your thing, enjoy, have fun. See you next time. Well, my friends, that is going to do it for episode 19 of Linux for Everyone. Remember that you can follow all the updates about the show and about my various Linuxy adventures on Twitter, on Facebook, on Telegram, on Mastodon. All the links are available at the show's main site, which is Linux, the number four, everyone.com. But before we go, it, it's definitely been a couple weeks, and I owe you a song from the source. And this one is, in fact, uh, very fresh. It's about 12 days old. It is from musician Expander69, who lives in Estonia. And he uses Arch Linux and Wine and various software to create uh, what's primarily drum and bass music. But this one is a bit different. It's more of a down-tempo kind of ambient sound. It's called Forbidden Forest. And you can find Expander at soundcloud.com slash expander69. That's X-P-A-N-D-E-R-6-9. And of course, I'll have links to uh, the video for this, as well as the track on SoundCloud. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the show and for generally just being awesome. Until we talk again, take care and take care of each other. 
Oh my god, I'm learning so much new things about you. Yeah, there you go. I had no idea you were that like, I didn't know you were like hardcore terminal girl. Oh yeah. All of them were so friendly and you could just go to their... <gasps> ah! Jason sleeps with a, with a stuffed animal. It's like fake Mickey. It's not even a Mickey. It's a fake Mickey. And he sleeps on it. Not only does he sleep on it, he took it on his 10-day trip to the States. You had no idea what would happen when you put me in front of a mic. Apparently, this is what happens. 